I don't want to, but but Heather and I have, have, have been married for, for 12 and a half years, so this is our 13th Christmas together. And in that time, I, I can only actually remember one gift that I've got Heather for Christmas. Uh, so already I'm pretty low in your, est- in, your, in your estimation. That's fine. That's where I belong. I've got to remember one gift because cause we're just not really gift people. We're not really, that's just not kind of ha- how we operate. I know some, for some it's a really important thing, but for us it's not kind of that. We, you know, we, we love each other deeply, everything's okay. <laughs> but we're just not, that we're not like that. However, however, when we were in two different countries, when we were going out and I was here and Heather was in Canada, then gifts were very important. Gifts were very important because it was a, it was a kind of connection. It was, a, it was something to, to kind of, uh, a, a way of, of interacting and, and, and showing how we were feeling about each other. And so it was, uh, it was important then. And looking back, I got Heather some excellent gifts while we were going out. I'll spare you the, the soppy, cheesy, sentimental ones. But I, I remember that I got her some, some art pencils. Um, I don't think they were ever used, but uh, I, presumably I bought the wrong ones. I, I bought Heather a, a, a West Indies One Day International cricket shirt, uh, which I thought was a fantastic gift. Four pounds it was on eBay. <laughs> there, there are reasons for these gifts, but, but that's not for today. And, and what I want to tell you about is a, pre- a gift that Heather got me. So we were, we, were, we were still kind of going out, and Heather had made this gift, and she was excited about it coming. And, uh, and so she had sent it, sent it nice and early, early December, uh, but it didn't arrive before Christmas. In fact, it didn't arrive in January either. And, uh, and I think when they, they, they said they'd shipped the, the, it, it, it wasn't called for it's on an aeroplane. It was actually on a ship heading the other way around the world. Nevertheless, it arrived on the 14th of February. It was about, it was about this big. Yeah, it was a lovely, lovely packet, package. And, and I opened it up, and inside was a purple crocheted blanket. A purple crocheted blanket. Now, I, I, my reaction was very similar to yours. It was the sort of blanket that you would put on, like you'd put it over your feet if you were, you know, if you're watching TV at night or reading a book at night. Um, and I thought, oh, good, love <laughs> a purple crocheted blanket. That's lovely. But 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 I missed, I missed of what that meant. You see, for for, for we were kind of getting to the point where we were really considering. Um, starting to, to get married, to, to, to live together. And this was a kind of a, an indication that we were, we were going to start, we were going to head towards having a home together, to living together. So what it meant was actually hugely significant and really important. But, but, but I missed it. I just thought, oh, that, that's nice. A, a, a purple crocheted blanket. And, and I sometimes wonder if the, if the passage is like the one we're going to look at in at in Luke, is a, is a little bit like that. We, we've become familiar with it. It's, it's kind of, oh, that's, that's nice. And we miss the wonder. We miss the, the marvel. We miss the, 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 the incredible reality of what it means. How lovely it is. How powerful it is. How big it is. How amazing this news is. So let me read Luke chapter 2. I'll read verses 8 to 20 for us. 
we've just, uh, Luke's just told us about Jesus being born and, and being placed in a manger. Verse 8, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and a baby who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they'd been told. I want us to notice just two things from that, uh, from that reading this morning. First of all, I want us to notice the, the wonder of this message. And then we'll look at the surprise at who receives the message. The wonder of the message and the surprise about who receives it. So here's our scene. On the hills outside Bethlehem, some shepherds are keeping watch over their sheep. And a very ordinary scene for this time of year and for this uh, place and this time in history as these shepherds are looking after their sheep. And then remarkably and incredibly, and we perhaps miss it because we've read it and heard it so many times, an angel appears to them. An, An angel breaks into the scene. I wonder, just let's pause there, I wonder, I wonder what comes into your mind when you think about this. We're about an angel coming to these shepherds. I, 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 for, for, for me, you know, I've seen a, a few school nativities and the, and the, 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 the children in, in long white gowns and tinsel around their, around their heads. And, it, and it's brilliant. And they're kind of, you know, semi-aware that they're on stage and, and semi-aware of just kind of chatting to the person next to them. And it's lovely. But that isn't, that isn't what this angel is about. Or, or we might think of an angel like, you know, like those, those old stories where there's an angel on one shoulder and, and like a little devil on the other shoulder. And the angel's sort of naive and, and, and bland and a bit of a like, goody-goody. And this angel isn't like that either. This is an, this is an angel. This is, an, this is an angel sent from the throne room of God, breaking into, into the shepherds, into their daily reality. This is a messenger from heaven. If we want to kind of have a sense of what angels are like, if we just go back a page into Luke chapter 1, and, uh, and we look at, at Zechariah, who will become John the Baptist's dad. And Zechariah is a priest, and he's in the temple, and, uh, and, and an angel uh, appears to him with this message that his wife, though she's, uh, she's well advanced in years, uh, is going to, to be the mother of John the Baptist. And Zachariah is struggling to, to, to grasp it. 
and struggling to believe it even perhaps. And he questions the angel. And in Luke 1.19, this is how the angel responds. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak with you and to tell you this good news. Just imagine that for a moment. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Do you know when people in the Bible meet God, they fall before him. They bow down before him, often face down. And, 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 and Gabriel here says, I, I'm, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And there's this sense that angels are messengers of light, warriors of light, messengers from heaven. It's an incredible thing that an angel appears to these shepherds and breaks into their ordinary world as, as heaven sort of breaks in. To their, to their world. And this is what the angel says. Verse 10. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David a saviour has been born to you. And he is Christ the Lord. That is amazing. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David. A saviour has been born and he is Christ the Lord. I'm very aware that this week will probably be a really busy week. It'll be packed with all sorts of things. And, and, and if, if you're anything like me, there'll be a sense that you, your brain can't stay on one thing for a while because there's other things keep bombarding with things that need done or sorted. Or. But I want to invite you this week to, to spend five minutes, five minutes each day to, to ponder on that verse, to, just to meditate on it, just to reflect on it, to read it and read it slowly. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born. And he is Christ the Lord. Do not be afraid. Bring you good news. This is good news that a saviour has been born. A rescuer has come. And he is Christ the Lord. We, we need a rescuer. Because we're, we're, we're drowning in, in sin. In, sin is, is rebellion against God. It's deciding that we'll do things our way, not God's way. We'll, we'll belong to ourselves and not to him. And the, and, the, and the effects of that are catastrophic in our own lives, in the lives of others and in, in our world around us. We are, we are desperately in need of rescue. We've, we've, we've broken God's law. And, and the consequences are so huge. The story is told of um, a man from, uh, from California who uh, had his car stolen. And so he called the police and, and he told them the make and model of his car. And uh, it's in, in the States, so the license plate number and, uh, and the color and where it was. And it's not there anymore. And, uh, and the police got onto it straight away. And they took it very seriously. They set up roadblocks 
uh, around them out to, 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 to try and hunt down who'd stolen this car. They got a helicopter in the sky looking for it. They even put out adverts on local radio to try and track it down. And the reason that they made such a, a concerted effort to find who had stolen this car was that when the man who'd reported it missing gave them the description, he gave them an extra piece of information. On the passenger seat was a packet of biscuits. And in the biscuits, he'd laced them with rat poison for a problem that he had in his shed with vermin. As the police stepped up their efforts to catch the person who'd stolen this car, they were trying to catch someone who'd broken the law, yes, but they were trying to catch them to save their life. And that's what the Lord Jesus has done for us. We have broken his law, absolutely. And we need saving, we need rescuing. But he's come to rescue us because he needs to save us. He needs to save us. After the wonder of John 3.16 becomes the wonder of John 3.17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus has come to, to save us. This baby that has been born is, is, is our rescuer, our saviour. And what is remarkable is that this baby that's been born is, is God. He is Christ or he is the Messiah, the Lord. The rescuer who's come to save us is God himself. God himself who spoke the world into being, who, who is in charge of all of those galaxies who's king of the cosmos, who said, let there be light, and there was, and it was good. And he is the one who steps into this tiny little world as a baby born in a stable, placed in a manger. God has stepped in. It's going to be God that saves us so that that, that we can be saved, not because we're Not because we are brave, not because we're strong, not because we've achieved lots, not because we've hit a certain standard, not because we're from a certain family, not because we're from a certain culture, but he's going to do it. He's going to save us. And that salvation is available to us all. The wonder of this salvation. And then secondly, the surprise of who this message is given to. The message is proclaimed on that hillside outside Bethlehem to these shepherds. I wonder if I, uh, I wonder if I asked you this morning what you think of when you think of shepherds. I wonder what would come to mind. We'd probably need to be careful because there's a few of us in here who are farmers or who grew up on a farm or related to farmers. I wonder what kind of images come to mind. Maybe a kind of solid, hard-working folk. Uh, maybe not, <laughs> but probably a mixture of things depending on who we've interacted with uh, over the years. Who are these shepherds who are on the hillside here? Well, as we go back through the pages of the Bible, we see that lots of the heroes of the Old Testament were shepherds. Abraham had a lot of uh, livestock. Uh, so did Isaac, so did Jacob. Moses was a shepherd. Um, for a pivotal part of his life. David, uh, most famously, was a, a shepherd and, and learned his dependence upon the Lord in the fields with the sheep, uh, learned uh, how to protect them and, and learned what it was to walk with God when nobody was watching. 
So there's this rich uh, heritage of, of shepherds in the Old Testament. But by the time we reach this point in, in Luke, uh, shepherds in, in the society were kind of seen as, as outsiders. Those kind of on the edge. They, they had a sort of nomadic lifestyle as they went with the sheep. D- different to how it is here in this country at the moment. The shepherds went with the sheep. And because they were nomadic, because they were often on the outside, they weren't able to keep the kind of temple regulations, so they weren't able to go into the temple. And so they were sort of separate from, from people. There's accounts uh, outside of the Bible of shepherds putting money in the offering at the temple and the priest taking it and giving it to them back. Because it, was, it, was, it wasn't... Um, they were they were kind of treated with suspicion. They were always on the move. When things went went missing, it was probably the shepherds. They were looking after sheep, often not their own. And 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 so they're, they're these kind of outsiders on the edge of society. So as they are on that hillside, they are literally looking down on the on Bethlehem. They're looking down on the lights. They're looking down on the noise. They're looking down on the, on the kind of community that's there. And they're on the outside. And, and I suspect that if we were to sit down with them, I, I suspect we'd, on one hand we'd be impressed by some of the, the, the things that they, they have. I'm sure, that I'm sure they did work hard. I'm sure that they were good at what they were doing. I'm sure they did put the, kind of their own comfort and benefit uh, secondary to their job. But I suspect, too, that there would be an unease. I suspect that if if you're always on the outside, you start to act like you're on the outside. And I wonder, I wonder how many of us feel like outsiders. I wonder how many of us feel that way. I wonder how many of us feel like, to be honest, you know, I wonder if anyone really sees the things that I'm coping with. I wonder if anyone really sees the things I'm, I'm, I'm handling in life. Does anyone recognize the challenge it is looking after my aging parents? Does anyone realize how difficult it is with this dynamic in, in my family? Do, do people realize how hard it is with this particular situation at work and there's no one to be able to talk to? Do people know how challenging it is when I can't get involved in that thing because I just simply can't afford to? I just don't have the resources to, to, to do what I want to do. And, and, and the things in life kind of can push us away from other people. And we feel on the outside. It's not that we're not, it's not that we're not doing some good things. It's not that our names are not down on some rotors. It's not that we're not giving to charity. But we're this mix of, 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 of some good things and some difficult things. And who is it that receives this incredible news? It's people who are on the outside. It's people who are on the outside. And what do outsiders need more than anything? Is somebody to come to them and invite them in. If you're on the outside, what you need is somebody to come to you and invite you in. And what I love about this is that these ordinary shepherds, probably a mix of good and bad, probably very ordinary, but on the outside, and the God of heaven steps in to invite them in. The God of heaven sends these warriors of light with this incredible message. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. 
which will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David. A saviour has been born and he is Christ, the Lord. What do we need to, to hear this morning? Do not be afraid. This God who is, who is in, a, in a manger here will live a perfect life and die a cruel death for us. He'll ascend into heaven and send his spirit to be with those who trust and follow him. We do not need to be afraid if God is with us. You are for me, not against me, we were singing before. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Is it good news we need to hear this morning? There's plenty of bad news, but there's some good news, and that is that God is for us. God has has given himself that we might have life. A saviour has been born and he is Christ the Lord. I'm going to ask the worship team if they want to uh, come back onto the stage. And as they're doing that, we're going to pray. Let's, uh, Let's bow our heads for a moment. Heavenly Father, Lord, sometimes in the familiar, we forget what is so precious. And Lord, we thank you for this, uh, this good news this morning. That a saviour has been born. And he is Christ the Lord. He's the one with all authority and all power. The author of life. Lord, I thank you for that wonderful uh, salvation that in a a world that is filled with uh, challenge and pain, Lord, that we have a hope and a future. Father, I pray that this this Christmas we will uh, marvel again at at this good news. Father, I pray that we would uh, understand and, 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 and know that lack of fear that we would know that freedom and that we'd rejoice in the salvation that you offer. Lord, if we we have never taken that step to, to give our lives to you, to receive that salvation, then Father, I pray that we would uh, lead us to a point where we understand it uh, enough to be able to respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome back, children. Let's, uh, let's pray as we close our time together. Father, we thank you that in the ordinary and normal circumstances that you break through with this living hope. Father, I pray that each one of us, however old or however young, whatever our week has been like and whatever lies ahead, Father, I pray that we would know that we would know that we would know that living hope. Father, we pray that we'd not only know it, but would experience it because of you breaking through into our ordinary lives with a supernatural hope, peace, and glory. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.